0: I have been eyeing the collection of beach bags from Macy's, and I can't wait for you to see what I choose. Shop at macyscom own your style.
1: The virus that causes shingles is sleeping in 99% of people over 50. While not everyone at risk will develop shingles, it strikes as a painful rash that can last for weeks. Wake up because shingles could wake up in you. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about shingles prevention.
0: So, Puerto Rico is a beautiful place. It's a lush island, it's great for surfing. Puerto Rico is an excellent destination for food, which may not be a well-known fact. Whether it's a five-star restaurant or local favorite spot, no one does food like Puerto Rico. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com.
1: You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count for your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global.
0: Hi, this is Just Be With Bethany. I want to talk today about uh, money. There are just topics that people will sort of talk about and then won't talk about. Like People do sort of talk about sex, but they don't talk about masturbation. People talk about money, meaning what they have and what they bought, and some people will say what they made or kind of try to find out what somebody else made, but they won't really talk about their true feelings about money. Like, the breadwinner—what does that you know? What does that mean? And then what does that mean in, in marriage dynamics later? What does that mean as it pertains to prenups? And I hear—I spoke to a man recently who's going through a divorce, and he—he he was married for let's say twenty years, and you know he really doesn't feel that because of the laws in the state that he's in, he should have to uh, pay her half. And if he gets divorced now, he'd have to give her half, and his particular career is tied to like being liquid. So he stays married because it's cheaper to stay married. And is the woman entitled to 50% if she was the stay-at-home mom? I think so. But, you know, women have to have their own jobs and have their own identity and have their own careers and make their own money. So these dynamics get set up properly in the beginning. It's when the woman has more money than the man that it gets confusing because, I've been in that situation and I've been the one paying and I've been the one paying the lion's share of the rent and paying the um, bills in the home and signing all the checks. And it sets up a power struggle in other ways. So I wonder how people navigate that fundamentally one of the other nice things though about being married for so long when people are young they get married when they're 25 nobody has anything everybody builds together and then they grow together and whether or not um one person was a stay-at-home mom or uh a woman who supports the man a lot of times the women support the men in the beginning i've heard of doctors the woman helps put the man through uh medical school from you know from being a nurse or from being uh I used to call it a secretary, um, an assistant. So there's a fine, fine balance. Because I have to say that I think being at home is, is is really just as hard. I think about, they're just doing work in my house. That's why there's hammers going off. But I think about women who deal with, have four kids no help cleaning the house, cooking the meals, everything that breaks. Just this morning, the alarm went off my house, the fire alarm went off in the house. There are, there are the cracks in the paint that I, that I that I want have to deal with. There's my daughter homeschooling. There's laundry. The dogs literally just peed on, on two bean bags and a coffee table. There's a lot that goes on at the house. At least I think men have really, men that have stay-at-home women don't realize, and we've talked about this for years. It's not a new concept. Obviously, that would be Mr. Mom a thousand years ago. But- Men go away into a cave in an office and are singular focused. Women are sitting around, and even and when women have a job, they're sort of somehow societally expected to be still cooking, still you know running to the nurse's office if your daughter or son doesn't feel well, and running a household, decorating for holidays. So I just think that the male, female, gender conversation will go on forever and should continue. And I want to hear what you all think about it. I think these things have to be discussed in the beginning of a relationship. These are fundamental dynamics. I know a very successful woman who makes a lot of money and she doesn't want to go out with a man who makes less money than her. She's definitely not a gold digger. She makes her own money, but she doesn't want to feel that feeling because it can feel awkward. So, I mean, things have to be discussed. That's all I'm saying. It's very awkward and it has to be discussed because you don't want to stretch people and you also don't want people to pretend in the beginning they can handle it and then later they're like, I can't handle this. Let me know what you all think about that because I'm sure that you have been in maybe more successful relationships, maybe more relationships, maybe longer relationships. Uh, maybe, I don't know what I'm talking about. Let's hear what you have to say. Uh, thank you. I am so excited to share my conversation with John Paul DeJoria. I've actually known him for years and we have this connection Uh, a thousand years ago. He was really good friends with one of my friends. But then when I used to talk about the skinny girl, Margarita, I used to mention Patron in the initial recipe just off the top of my head. And then that company would send me cases and I would ask them if we could do some sort of a spokesperson deal or anything and they weren't into it and, um... It's just funny because he was sort of my entree into tequila. He has so much more going on. He is a philanthropist and entrepreneur who founded the Patron Spirits Company, as I just mentioned, co-founded Paul Mitchell Hair Products. He signed the Giving Pledge in 2011 and has contributed to countless life-changing organizations. Today, we're going to talk about how to be a business person and a philanthropist and how he literally started out sleeping in his car, only to then become a billionaire and of course... We're going to talk about tequila, but he is such a nice man. He is so spiritual, so honest, so loving, so giving, and I'm really excited. Mother's Day is May 12th, and Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Macy's makes it easy for your little ones to buy a present for you for Mother's Day. Bryn loves to shop, but sometimes has a hard time figuring out what to get me. I have confidence that Macy's Gift Finder will be a great guide for her. Something for everyone at every price point. Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas, it's so easy to shop. You can shop by price, category, or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything, gifts that are already wrapped and ready to be gifted, and gifts for grandma. Plus, Macy's has top gifts like Beats headphones, digital photo frames, Polaroid camera, and... Samsung Smart TV The Frame. Head on over to Macy's.com slash for the perfect inspiration for Mother's Day.
2: Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, Tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire.
3: AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic.
4: Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee.
0: I know that you're a massive philanthropist, which is one of the reasons that I wanted to speak to you, because Thank you. Uh, most people don't really walk the walk. They talk the talk, and you've really dedicated your life to, to your philanthropic efforts. Yes, ma'am. So I want to get to that also, but I want to start off by you really lived in your car
5: Yes, I did. I lived in my car in 1980. Bethany, what happened was I knew I had to have, through my experience in the beauty industry, uh, I need to have a half a million dollars to start this business because I was in sales and marketing. I'm not a hairdresser. But we knew we needed a good friend of mine. Paul Mitchell was the avant-garde hairdresser of all hairdressers. We decided to do it together, but we needed a half a million dollars. We got the backer. We pulled out of everything we did, all stops gone, left everything I did. The relationship I was in wasn't working, left that too. Took the older of the two cars down the hill to uh, the bank to get the money coming in that day. It never came in, Bethany, <laughs> never came in. And my partner from Hawaii flew in, that's Paul Mitchell. He flew in with his girlfriend and uh, you know he needed some money too. He was a little older than I was. He needed some money too. It never came in. So I boiled down to, Paul, we've got everything set up. I've arranged 30-day credit and everything. You know How much money do you have? Can you pitch in? I just left everything I'm doing. I got a few hundred bucks in my pocket. Paul said 350 bucks, JP, that's it. I'm really low on money myself. So I had a couple hundred bucks in my pocket, (laughs) I went to my mom's house. I didn't tell her how bad things were. I could have stayed in my room there. She lived in LA, Mm -hmm. but I was too embarrassed. It was like pride. So I said, mom, can I borrow $350 from you? Because I needed a couple hundred to live off of. Mm -hmm. And uh, she says, why? You do good in business. Why, son? I said, starting a new company. I'll give it back to you within a month, mom. Thank you. Took it and split. Too proud to tell her, Mom, would you feed me for the next couple of months? Mom, could I have my own room back? I know it's empty. I was just too darn proud. So I lived in my car for a few weeks. That's how we started John Paul Mitchell Systems. I learned how to live off $2.50 a day.
0: Wow. What were you eating? For two, What did you use the two fifty on a day? Good
5: question. For $0.99 cents at the Freeway Cafe at Barham Boulevard and Koanga, if you went there after nine in the morning, they had what they called the biker's breakfast. You got one egg, your choice of one uh, sausage or one piece of uh, bacon, or uh, and a little bit of potatoes, just a little bit, and a piece of toast. And then you had a choice of coffee or orange juice for $0.99 cents to get traffic where they didn't have it before. So- uh, Obviously, I put the sausage. It was bigger. I took the egg, a little bit of potatoes, and I took the orange juice over the coffee. That was ninety nine cents. And at that time, uh, in Burbank, which was real close by, uh, there was a place called El Torito that started some called Happy Hour. If you got there between four and six, which was their slow time, you could get a ninety nine percent margarita. It wasn't Patron, obviously. It wasn't invented ah. yet. But no, uh-huh. but it was 99- ninety nine. But at that same time, they would give you like you know a. Uh, they would give you uh, little tacos, miniatures, but mainly salsa and occasionally a chicken wing. Well, twenty chicken wings later, you're full. I never forgot those folks. When I started making money, I went back there. They had two people still working there from the time I was there, and of course, they were the, the tips blew them away. It was just my way of saying thank you for helping me out. You know, and when I, when I, I didn't have anything. So Yes, That's I did. Amazing. That's a true story.
0: That's amazing. and But also, by the way, that's a business lesson. Truthfully, 99 cents. Obviously, they weren't making money on you, but the, you you just said it, to get people in the door, which is a big thing.
5: Exactly. Then maybe they would order something, which many of them did, or they'd have a second drink, whatever. But the first one was 99 cents.
0: So during that time, you're, you're spending $2.50 a day, yeah. and you, you're embarrassed to go live at your house, and you're living in your car, even if it's for a couple weeks. Did you think you were going all the way? What did success mean to you? What was the goal? What did you, what was your big goal?
5: I could, let me cover two things. What goal is and then what success means to me. The goal was if we could only, you know, speaking with my partner at the time, if we could only get this business up to $5 million a year we would each make a quarter of a million dollars and be set for life Mm -hmm. that was our goal we had no idea that we'd learn business as time went on and how to and i would learn how to run a major company my partner was one of the greatest hairstylists in the world but didn't do business I was a businessman and, of course, in marketing and promotion. And so we got along really great. We never argued about a thing because we couldn't argue with one another over anything because we trusted the other one to give us the right direction or or put input. It was just a great relationship uh, with my dear friend. And uh, he died uh, nine years later of pancreatic cancer, but a good guy. And, of course, as time went on, we put in what it took to build a company because we wanted to survive and eat. It wasn't because we thought we could be a hundred million, a two, a billion dollar company, anything like that. It was just that we have to survive. So we did what it took to really make it when we had virtually no money.
0: But you did have a clear goal, which I think is important for people, just to set the bar, just to set the bar. And also, you're basically saying, and a lot of people make this mistake. I see this mistake in the fashion business. I see this in a lot of creative businesses where the creative type makes the mistake of thinking because they're good at something or smart at, or, or, and very uh, innovative that they're a business person. And the, I think the most important thing is knowing what you know and knowing what you don't know and staying in your lane.
5: You have that exactly right. And the second half of your question, what does success mean to me? Success to me is this. Success is not how much money you have how powerful you are, what influence you have. Success to me is how well do you do what you do and continue to do it better if you can and you're happy while you're doing it. That's success.
0: By the way, I love that. I wrote in my book, everything is your business. And what I mean is, Whatever you choose to do, do it to the best of your ability, or don't do it. People think they're above a job. People complain, then don't do it. But if you're going to be a PA and you're delivering coffee, that coffee better be hot. It better be the best latte and on time. And just whatever you're doing, do it the best. So that that's even me. If I make if I make my daughter a, a meal, I, I I either we either should order in or go out, or I'm going to make it make it great. If I if I organize my room, it's going to be Perfect. Like, I just like to do things well, or I would prefer not to do them and enjoy I I things it. that I enjoy.
5: The customer is always right. Or if the whoever's with you, your own family or a customer, they're always right. Smile, treat them as they're the, the love of your life. Just really. I mean, obviously, <laughs> they'll go overboard, but, you know, treat them like they're the most important people on the planet. Smile, be happy they're there because they're creating you and your future. And it's fun when you do that. And they love coming back. You know, a lot of entrepreneurs have got to know that are people in business right now. You want to create an environment like many beauty salons do, where everyone is happy. They're working with you and you feel special when you go there. So you want to come back. I say to many people that one of the things is one of the several things that you do to be successful is number one, do not, do not go into the selling business. Let me explain. Go into the reorder business. Mm -hmm. Make sure your product or your service is so darn good that people will want to repeat and reorder it Or if it's a one-time service or one-time product, they'll tell people about it. So your whole goal is to make sure that your product or service is so darn good that people want more and more of it or tell other people about it. Very, very important. Go set your company up to be in the reorder business, not just the selling business.
0: It's true. And I think that people do underestimate just old fashioned, hard work. I've hired people that have been um, waitresses or cocktail waitresses, or there was a girl in a kid's like a kid's jewelry store, like a little arts and craft store, because the woman was so nice and just so I call it a place of yes, like yes. going the extra mile. And I feel that people, people underestimate just Coming from a place of, yes, just someone who works hard, that is, you you can teach any skill in business. I mean, I can't teach someone how to be a brain surgeon, but you can teach pretty much any skill in business, but you can't teach hard work and loyalty and that sort of resilience
5: you got it bethany by the way i want to give you a little kudo uh you've inspired others there's a young lady named elizabeth vargas who's on uh well you were on a show in new york she's on one i think it's the orange county housewife okay but because what you did it excited her to introduce vargas vodka And I think your inspiration on what you did years before your success inspired her to do it. And she's a great lady and it's a great product. And uh, it's interesting how one person does something great and somebody else is inspired by it to want to be just as great. So you're an inspiration to others and that uh, Elizabeth Vargas Vargas vodka will be, I think, a, a good thing. I hope it's as successful as you were with yours.
0: Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's true. I was, people used to be embarrassed. Celebrities would never hold alcohol before. And then when I did my deal with Beam, you were working with Beam for a minute with Patron in the beginning. That's correct.
5: Which is interesting. Do you know why we left it? This is a good segment. Do you know why we left Jim Beam? May I tell you why? Yep. Remember, we were the first ultra premium tequila. After being with Jim Beam for a couple of years, we said, guys, you're only doing like less than 15,000 cases a year. Uh, And you've been with us for a few years now. And uh, we think we could do a lot more. They said to us, this is upper management, guys, you may want to leave us and go elsewhere because I'm going to tell you the truth. And they said, the truth is this, you've got the best tequila in the world right now. There's none better. But people, at that time, it was $37.95 a bottle. People could buy a tequila for five or six bucks a bottle. They could buy these other ones that are supposed to be premium for under $15. Guys, you'll never sell more. You will never sell more than 20,000 cases a year. I'm just telling you the truth. We didn't believe him. So we uh, parted ways. They were nice people. We parted ways and then went with another organization and built it. When Patron was sold about uh, two and a half years ago, we were doing at that time, approaching 4 million cases a year. So another lesson for people to learn is when people tell you, you're not going to do as good as you think you can do, and you're willing to work to strive for it. Don't listen to them because they don't know. Who knows is you, your ambition, and where you could take it. Never give up and never let anybody else. And that's another thing I want to share with you if I can and all your listening audience. Another rule I have to being successful is telling people, be prepared when you start a business or even with your business now. Be prepared for a lot of rejection because you're going to get it. People will say, you can't do it. This is not going to happen. You're not the right size, whatever. You don't have the money. You don't have the marketing thing, all this stuff, right? So here's that little rule I try and tell people. If you're prepared for a lot of rejection, it's not going to hurt you. If people know they're going to get a lot of rejection, it goes off the top of their head. It's like when I sold encyclopedias door-to-door in my early 20s. You knock on a 100 doors, maybe you get through one. It's commission only. No leads for Collier's Encyclopedia. But I was taught in those days it's the one that knocks on a 101 door that had a 100 slammed in front of them, just as enthusiastic and motivated as they were on the first door. Eventually, you're going to make it. Then you're going to get better, 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 and better. And they were right. The average encyclopedia salesman lasted three days. It's commission only. Your training is one week. You're not paid for that. Three days, they're gone. I lasted three and a half years because I believe what they said. And as I did it, I found out that there's rejection, but I remember what they said. I did not let it get me. I was just as enthusiastic. And it's a good thing for people to remember. You know, don't, don't go what other people tell you. Be enthusiastic and keep going with your motivation. And you get better as time goes on.
0: Well, I had the same exact experience. I was told by a head of Bacardi. I was told by Diageo, etc. They didn't like the idea of the skinny girl, Margarita. They didn't get it. Um, I just had one one flavor. That was all I wanted to do. I just wanted to be a spokesperson at one of these liquor companies. I, just like you, I had smaller goals. I was thinking, sure. oh, I could make a couple of hundred thousand dollars being a spokesperson. And nobody wanted to do it. And I thought, okay, I'll do it myself. And when I ended up doing it, I had this lawyer... Who um said to me, Do you want to do a licensing deal or an equity deal? And I said, I don't even know what that is. And he said, Well, licensing, you get the money now, but equity, you own it. It's your blood, sweat, and tears. And you know, it's more risk but more reward. And I said, Okay, I'll take that one because this is my ace in the hole. But I literally was told by the guy from Bacardi, listen, there are no, there are no monster brands right now in liquor. It's hard to break through. You don't know what you're talking about and this isn't going to happen. And I was told that by so many people, but you can feel it. It, Not about everything, by the way. I don't think every idea is a good idea and I don't think everything should be pushed to the end. But when you have that fire in you and you have that feeling and you just know you've got something, you owe it to yourself to go all the way with it.
5: Same language. We are speaking the same language. With that philosophy no money for advertising, no money for promotion. I went door to door up Ventura Boulevard in North Hollywood, knocking on salon, selling the product out of the back of my car, because we believe we get somewhere we would do whatever it took.
0: It's unbelievable. Do you think, what percentage lucky and what percentage smart do you think you are?
5: I would say probably more lucky than smart. I think I'm wise in many areas and became smarter as I started building my business. A lot of it was luck, but a lot of luck has something to do with what you believe in. Being enthusiastic, have a drive, believe in yourself, believe there is a God and he's with you there if you're going out. You know, I don't want to get religious on anybody and I won't, but there there is a spirit there that if you believe in you're a good person, you help others out along the way, some good energy comes your way. Even if you help out without money volunteering time whatever you pull in all this energy and that energy puts you forth and if you have the enthusiasm on what you're doing and you believe in it and you know there's more energy coming from the universe to you it gives you that extra little bump and maybe that creates something that we call luck a dear friend of mine is roger daltrey who's the head singer of the who been mm-hmm. my buddy for 35, 40 years. He told me every year for several years, JP, all I wish upon you is to be lucky. That's what I wish upon you. Whatever it takes to be lucky, let's do it. And luck isn't just, well, you have a roll of the dice, so you're lucky there. It has a lot to do with how you live your life, your energy, what you do for others, mm-hmm. and what you pull in. The universe works that way.
0: I agree. Karma and energy, and I've got, I do agree the universe hears everything. Mother's Day is May 12th, and Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Macy's makes it easy for your little ones to buy a present for you for Mother's Day. Bryn loves to shop, but sometimes has a hard time figuring out what to get me. I have confidence that Macy's Gift Finder will be a great guide for her, something for everyone at every price point. Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas, it's so easy to shop. You can shop by price, category, or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything, gifts that are already wrapped and ready to be gifted, and gifts for grandma. Plus, Macy's has top gifts like Beats headphones, digital photo frames, Polaroid camera, and Samsung smart TV, the frame. Head on over to Macy's.com slash for the perfect inspiration for Mother's Day.
2: Snag a job is where America goes to hire.
4: Right Rug Flooring.
0: So it's not, not in the beginning. I know you felt like you were failing in the beginning at times. But since you made money, since you were already successful, have you had any failures at a bigger level? Like things that you really thought were going to happen, but just... You are off, or they would. Just- I
5: cert I certainly did. You better believe it. Obviously, Paul Mitchell, a great success. I'll have that for the rest of my life. I'll never sell that company. Mm-hmm. Patron, John Paul Pet, Rocket, things of this nature. Okay, but along the way, there were other companies. I tried to get into telecommunications reselling time. That didn't work well at all. I tried to get the boat business. Lost a lot of money there. I've tried to get into several businesses that I thought would be oh maybe you know, the next Paul Mitchell or the next Patron would and I failed at it okay I failed at it and it did not work out but it was at the time thank god I knew get out you're wasting your time Mm -hmm. here you can't dedicate all your time to this the other people are they're not doing right pull out so yes I've had quite a few losses but I had enough wins that more than compensated
0: yes but you cut bait and do you feel that it was your 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 instinct about it was off the climate was off the partners were off or it's just like you're not going to hit every home run that's just what it is
5: Well, one is you're not going to hit every home run. And number two, shame on me. I left the running of the company up to others and didn't check on on a regular basis. Had I done that, I would have pulled out earlier.
0: Okay, got it. All right, well, that's a good lesson for people. So I know that you almost sold Patron, but you ultimately went with your gut. It's funny because I sold the Skinny Girl cocktails because I went with my gut. There are certain times that you have to really. Think and think about it again and massage it and walk away from it and come back to it and really ultimately find your gut because people think it's just in your stomach, it's not. You have to kind of massage it, in my opinion. I want to hear what you have to say. So, I decided to sell because of my gut but found it.
5: I love it, Bethany. You are so right. Go with your heart, your gut, your heart, go with your heart, what you feel. When I didn't want to sell Patron, but they made me an offer I couldn't refuse. I said, you know what, in my, in my heart, it says this is a thing to do. So obviously I got more money than, uh, you know, for the company than any alcohol company ever got in the history of alcohol. But it was the time for me to do that. And I knew that who I sold my 70% to would build it even bigger and that they gave me plenty of money for me, my family, my charities, and all the work that I'm doing now on the planet, you know, for the rest of my life. And I could pay more attention to my philanthropy, which is what I do right now. So I knew in my heart and call it your gut, your heart, it was the thing to do. It was. And, uh, and that's why I did it.
0: Do you work really hard now? How hard do you work?
5: Bethany, I stopped working in 1980 when I started Paul Mitchell and slept in my car. And here's what I mean by that. I love what I was doing. When you love what you're doing, you're not doing it anymore. Am I still involved in businesses overseeing them special investments? Of course I am. But the majority of my time is spent in philanthropic work, whether it's building whole communities for homeless, uh, working with the sea shepherd to save the whales and the dolphins and the sharks on the open seas, feeding people with grow Appalachia, let them have their own gardens, and I could go on and on and on. And that really thrills me. And I found out in life that whether you do it a little bit or whether you do it a lot, whenever you do something for somebody else and ask absolutely nothing in return, it's the greatest high you'll ever get. Higher than anything you'll ever smoke. And I'm a child of the 60s, so I yep. know what high is. But yep. you can't smoke anything to get you that high. I mean, it's just like, wow, I did something for someone else. I wanted nothing in return, but it made me feel great. So I do that most time.
0: I'm into it. And I also... You meet the most fascinating people. And it's funny because I'm thinking of, you know you know the hairdresser world. They're the best tippers. Waitresses are the best tippers. And I'll say that the people who donate their time to philanthropy are not rich people. They are yoga teachers, school teachers, oh, yeah. nurses, hairdressers, waitresses. And that's fascinating because it's just really just regular, normal people that want to help. So I love what you're doing. I think it's amazing. You sound like a beautiful person inside and out. And I just want to ask, Two, I think a couple more questions. One is, sure. what is your title in your household? If you had to give yourself a title, you're the president, the COO, the CEO. What's your title in your household?
5: Uh, just dad, just dad. <laughs> just dad, or JP. You know, my friends combine, it's JP. My friends call me JP, but dad. And uh, occasionally, they be say, "Hey, you," and I'll turn around and laugh.
0: What is your just your overall mantra? I mean, mine is to come from a place of yes. So, what's your overall mantra?
5: Success unshared is failure. And if something negative enters your mind, say, that's not part of my life and don't think about it. Whatever you give thought to grows. So my mantra is success unshared is failure and keep the negative out of your mind by just saying, you don't belong here. Get out of here and start thinking about something more loving. Success unshared is failure. And if you don't share the goodness in life and you clog it up with things that aren't positive, then you can't really share where success unshared is failure.
0: I love it. I love it. That's the diet everyone should be starting right now, the happiness diet. I love it. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you deserve everything that you've achieved and give my love to your family. And uh, it's amazing.
5: Bethany, you rock. And uh, I'm here in Austin, Texas. We don't travel much these days because of the virus going on. And I believe you're on the East Coast. I just think that if I'm ever out your way, which I will be again, I'd I'd love to say hello to you and maybe have a margarita with you.
0: I would love that.
5: Let's have a skinny margarita together.
0: Let's do it. And um, I love Austin. And my boyfriend loves Austin. So I'd love to come.
5: All right, Bethany. Peace, love, and happiness. You too.
0: So that was Jean Paul Dejoria, such a success story, such a life. Immigrant parents lived in his car, created Paul Mitchell, created really the first ever ultra premium tequila in Patron, which is remarkable, and you know just deserves to be a self-made billionaire, really a rags-to-riches story. But I, I know that you read on paper when someone's philanthropic, and not until you talk to someone do you really understand who they are. And I had no preconceived notion of, of, of who Jean-Paul was. I mean, he looks slick. He looks Hollywood, to be honest. And he could not be nicer. Like, so sweet, so loving, really seems so caring and just has the right ideas in mind about giving back. And it was almost like he was doing um, a really, like, loving self-help slash business seminar. And it was amazing because there was so much takeaway. And uh, it just goes to show, I know it sounds ridiculous, but the one thing that everyone has in common that comes on here that's super successful is they just really understand hard work from the beginning. Like there are no shortcuts. And I keep repeating this and I know, but you know the difference. You know when you've got a great idea and you're hustling and you're talking and you're moving papers around the desk and you know when you're really working, when you're working and you're working smart and it's working. So... I just love the confirmation and the reinforcement of the principles that really are the only reason that I'm successful. Um, I love talking about, you know, a little bit of luck, but what you do with it and how you use it and if you're passionate about something and going with your gut and how to make decisions. And I think all these things, you could put these all together in a nice pie and figure out what your business path is. So I'm just loving the way this is all shaping together. And I'm loving the differences in all these people. So many successful billionaires that we've spoken to that have such different paths, but really just a couple of principles that everyone has in common, a couple of practices that everyone has in common. And so I hope we keep hearing that because then we'll really just be able to write our five to 10 rules to success and go get it. Thank you so much. Please remember to review, rate, and subscribe. And I can't wait to talk to you again. Just Be is hosted by me, Bethany Frankel. Our managing producer is Fiona Smith, and our producer is Stephanie Stender. Sarah Katnack is our assistant producer, and our development executive is Nayantara Roy. Just Be is a production of Be Real Productions and Endeavor Content. This episode was mixed by Sam Baer. To catch more moments from the show, follow us on Instagram at Just Be With Bethany.
3: Com.